Today's guest is a former teacher turned stand-up comedian who has appeared on Access TV Gotham Live, as well as uh, TBS's Conan O'Brien, and his clean comedy special on Dry Bar Comedy is out. Please welcome to the Check Drop, Mr. Orlando Baxter. Hey, what's going on? Hey, hey Chuck, what's going on, brother? <laughs> Just living the dream, man. <laughs> 24 weeks in, man. I made it, brother. I made it. I'm I'm in the top 25. I can feel it now. I feel good. Yeah, it's it's funny now. Like I didn't think about like you know that going into this. Now I have comedians going, really? You haven't had me on yet? I'm like, I mean, there's so many great comedians, and you know, I try to diversify. And and it's funny, like you do this this long, and now I start getting like like people like kind of heckling me with like comments and stuff and like, Hey, I haven't seen a black female on, I haven't seen this. And like, you need to diversify. I was like, man, you guys are picky. So the organizations are on you right now, man. Watching you, man. I I didn't think I needed to go start checking off that list. Like, all right, well I need to get this. Like, like I'm a casting producer, like uh, that I have to check off uh, uh, the affirmative action of my, who's my guest of my, my 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 free podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's three white guys, Chuck. Come on now. People getting awfully picky. Like, man, you had a you had uh Andrew Slater on last week. He's awfully white. Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, man. Well, welcome. I um I'm glad you're you're with me, man. So um yeah. So so how are you doing through all this? I, I'm doing fairly well. I'm just trying to uh stay busy and uh that's what i've been doing staying busy doing a lot of like virtual stuff and i actually was working on a small independent movie so that's occupied the majority of my time but we uh we finished wrapping i just finished wrapping like doing the last audio stuff uh, i had to do so that that's been cool nice really can you talk about that project at all or is it still kind of hush hush yeah, it's kind of like a it's it's a small independent movie. I will say this: a small independent movie called The Salesman, um, and I yeah, it's about salesmen, and I play a salesman. <laughs> Are there a, a lot of other comedians? Or- yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of other comedians. A lot of them from the Boston and New York area, um, but uh, it, it's it's comedy. Uh, it's pretty funny, and uh, you know, I was just happy to like to be doing something during this time and it was a little bit weird with the uh, pandemic and trying to figure out how you meet up and shoot a scene when you, it involves 10 other people or a few other people, right. so, you know, but they, they took uh, great uh, precautions in terms of like everybody's safety and kind of shot it in a way where I felt comfortable with. And uh, so it's been a great learning experience for me. Gotcha. Now um, my question is, did this start uh, taping before the, uh, the COVID hit or is this, Hey, we're going to, we're going to shoot a movie during the COVID. It was, it was literally during the COVID. Like, so interesting. Yeah. And in terms of writing, writing the movie out in terms of casting, in terms of when we started shooting. So that literally probably started a week to two weeks after COVID. Okay. Now, did you have anybody that was um, like slated or, or, I mean, any hesitation for people that wanted to, you know, to be a part of it, but then says, no, I just can't during this time. Did you have any of that, that uh, pushback from anyone? Well, since I, I'm, you know, I wasn't one of the people like casting people or directing or anything like that. It's, you know, I just am involved as an actor, but um, yeah, yeah. So I think I'm pretty sure they had some people that pushed back, but it was 
we started shooting around July, which is probably around the point where people are kind of like antsy, like when you're not doing anything else and you don't foresee yourself uh, doing much else in the future as well. You're just like, yeah, I'll take it, right? So we probably got more people that wanted to participate in it than, than probably normal, like if people had a regular schedule. Like if I have my regular schedule, I don't even think I'd be able to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's crazy, man. I mean, like it's it's weird. This whole I keep hearing people say new normal, but and I I, I don't want this to be the new normal. And and I just posted a uh, uh, I think it was a Vice News um, uh, thing on Facebook. I just posted it was it was all about like trying to put the science back into live concerts and live events, and they're literally trying to do like tracing of of what people are touching and such. And and it's it's really interesting how how now <laughs> we're trying to move forward. And I, I feel like they're doing a little bit too much work and without just saying like, let's just wait until we get a vaccine because I think that's the whole thing. But um, I don't know. It's <laughs> the new but normal I, blows. Yeah. The new normal sucks. Uh, the one good thing you just said though, is about the vaccine. I mean, like as far as I know, like some of the reports with the three companies that have made vaccines so far, they seem pretty damn effective yeah so at least that makes me feel good like all right maybe fall of 2021 you know it'll be regular so i'm hoping that's what i'm hoping at least now do you think in this current um you know world of like hey the the lack of patience with like with people that can't wait past like a 15 second video or, or, you know, like, Hey, we need it now. And like, do you think that they'll try and slide it out before it's ready? Do I think that, um, I don't think so. I think, I think with the new administration going in, I think there'll be a lot more patient than what we currently have. Like if Trump won again, we'd probably get the vaccine you get a vaccine you get a vaccine you get the vaccine, vaccine would have came with the next stimulus check that i would have been putting out but uh yeah no i think i think they're gonna you know i think it's wise just to wait it out i mean like just do whatever you need to do to take the right steps to make it come out and be as safe as possible because the backlash you'd receive if if it doesn't if it goes wrong, you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. I, mean, I, I feel like the checks and balances will, will hold up. And, but, but I guess, I guess when you start talking vaccine talk, I mean, I'm not, a, I don't talk po- uh, politics too much, but like um, it's usually the, the, you know, it's either you're going to take it right away or like, nah, there's no way in hell I'm taking that first one out of the gate. I, I'm kind of leaning towards first one. I don't, I, I mean, because like you said, like, I feel like uh, it's going to be ready and I don't think they would stick it out there. I mean, hopefully without, you know, doing all the proper tests and such. I mean, and like you said, 90 to 95%, you know, is what all those companies are kind of claiming. I don't know what like the flu vaccine is. I feel like I've gotten the flu many times after getting the flu shot. So I think the flu vaccine is like 40% effective. Like, oh, really? It's it's not even close to as high as what this this vaccine they're claiming. Yeah. Well, let's start the line right now. Let's get it going. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I didn't know it was that low. I didn't. I, I mean, mean, I'm pretty sure I. Heard, don't quote me on this. Okay. I am not scientific at all. <laughs> I probably was listening to my two year old niece could have told it to me, and I'm giving you the information. 
but yeah, I think it's pretty low in comparison to the, the the vaccines that's coming out. And I think that's why there's all this surprise and shock as far as how effective it is yeah. and how quickly they were able to put it together. And I, I actually think it's like a, a new type of technology as well um, in terms of like how they're uh, not doing it, but how the the medicine is going to be distributed in your body. Like it's it's something different than what the flu shot would would do all right well i'm ready <laughs> let's go <laughs> let's, I'm be, let's, i'll be watching this i'll be watching 35th episode like this let me see, let me see how doing right now is he wobbling right now is he taking <laughs> <laughs> just just it's like he's growing a third year like what the yeah, hell right? it's, it's not that bad it's just a third <laughs> so right. i can still i can still book comedy yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I see that you're doing uh, a lot of uh, the the uh, the live or the virtual um, Zoom shows and such. I saw the uh, Orlando and friends on your website and such yeah. that you're doing. Um, how's that? How are those going? Those are going great, man. Uh, to be honest with you, I I think one of the the the, the pros uh, of of being this in this situation, if there is a pro, is it, it kind of forces you to kind of either a wait it out, b just take whatever's out there, or c try to create something for yourself, just like you're doing. You know, I I don't recall you being a a podcaster before <laughs> this whole thing, but now you can add that to your 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 um your resume. And I think it's the same thing with me. Like I I just kind of looked at a situation and say, hey, you know, uh, before COVID, I planned on doing these live shows with different school districts. So when the COVID happened, all that obviously got canceled. And then I, I kind of uh, you know, started focusing on the movie stuff. But then after I was like, what can I do after? You know what I mean? I don't want to just sit here and wait it out like everyone. So, uh, you know, I created this Orlando Backs and Friends on Zoom and kind of contacted some of the people I knew and, and kind of set this whole other thing up that involved more school districts and it kind of grew but um, as of right now, it's it's going really well. So I can't I can't complain. I'm surprised. Uh, I can't complain. You know what I mean? Right. Like I just thought it was going to be like a small thing, but uh, it ended up turning out to be uh, it, it's it's been worth my while. So yeah. I'm super how happy. Does, how does that work as far as financial uh, repercussions? Do they send you like tips, or or is it like are you yeah, contracting they, like a certain amount for that? No, no, no. They tip. They'll tip out the comics. They'll tip out the comics, um, which which is cool. Like I kind of did it to kind of, you know, it. it you know, I, I have a small teacher fan base. Just say, you know, so it gives me an opportunity to do something that I I kind of wanted to do personally anyway, and involve some of my friends that kind of looking to do stand up as well. Put the two things together, and um, you know, just a short like appetizer show where people can watch it not the general public, but just the teachers in certain school districts in, in a particular city. Uh, in fact, we'll be down in Charlotte uh, in a, in soon and um, in a couple of weeks, I think. Um, but I'm not, I think in like a couple of weeks or a month, but I did have to switch Charlotte. But um, but yeah, man, like I'm, I'm excited, man. Like it's it's not like necessarily like a money making type of thing. But I do think it's uh, something that the teachers are really appreciating. And, um, uh, you know, they have a stressful job as, you know, your wife's a teacher, right? Right. She is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She decided this year to go back into the classroom. 
which that, is the per- terrible timing. Terrible I, timing. I hate to even laugh at that because I know she's if she was watching right now, she'd probably punch me in the face. Um, <laughs> because she decided probably around uh, December, January, I think she's like, I think I want to go back in the classroom. I miss it. She was mm-hmm. a MTSS coach before, yeah. so she was kind of like coaching teachers and such. Uh, but oh my gosh, yeah, she. <laughs> <laughs> she's 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 already over it she, i mean there's a lot of wine in our house <laughs> yeah no no but I, I i i understand it like and that and that's that was another part of it it was like when i taught i taught for 12 years and i know i know what that stress is like to to be in the class so i can't even imagine what it's like trying to do trying to teach at home it's, yeah. it's kind of similar to trying to do comedy from your home because you're dealing with way more distractions than you would ever deal with in a club. You know what I mean? But the expectation is still there. You know what I mean? So yeah, you still have to teach these children. Yeah. You still got to teach. And you know, you thought it was difficult to teach with kids like passing notes or paying on their phone. Now there's kids literally in their blanket with the covers over their head and you got 30 kids in front of you and you're trying to like deal with all that. Not to mention the parents walking around in the background with yeah. clothes or the dog barking or the, you know, the kids internet not working. Like it has to be like one of the most stressful situations because the expectation is still there. We still want you to teach seven periods. Right. We want you to do all the correcting. Like the only plus side is less teachers are getting sick because they're teaching remotely. Right. Yeah. Well, it, everyone's different, though, because she's actually going in twice a week. It's oh, weird. wow. Yeah. Mondays and Wednesdays are uh, kids with last names A through N and then L, wow. through, L through Z on the other days, which you know, makes sense. Like, hey, we'll split them up down the middle. But it's lopsided. She's got like five and like 14, <laughs> like on the wow. off days. Yeah. You know, it, teaching is fun so yeah but but she does also but those those days that the people are, are there live she's yeah. also teaching the other kids virtually at the same time yeah so no that doesn't I, make sense that's what i'm saying like to me yeah. honestly i i can't imagine the level of stress so like that's why it kind of made more sense to me like you know what just do this show for the teachers like as just a way where a section of a, a city can just, if their administration or the staff or teachers, they could just watch and just kind of just relax and enjoy their wine and try to catch some laughs without, you know, don't think, laugh and just lay back. And uh, that's what the show has been doing. And it's been doing really well. Awesome, man. Well, uh, yeah, I'll have to uh, talk with you uh, off off, off uh, mic here and we'll dis- discuss some other. I already my brain's already going with some other business ideas for you. So I think we yep. can uh, can help you out there. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, segue into uh, obviously uh, you mentioned 12 years teaching. Uh, and yep. remind me, uh, what grade did you teach? I started off in high school like I was at an alternative school for about a year at the, the, it was I don't even count this as a year, but it was like a year where I was like a building sub. Um, and then I went and uh, I had four years as like a TV and production media teacher. And but I was a history teacher the whole time. Okay. That's what I was certified and I taught history then for two years. And then the rest of the time I was like in school suspension. Like to me, people were like, why would you do that? It was like because, you know, teaching is one of those weird professions where it doesn't matter what you teach 
but it matters how many years you've been teaching. That's how okay. the pay works. So you can literally be like, ah, you know, I'm a gym teacher that's working 15 years gets paid best better than the best math teacher that's been teaching for four years. Yeah, like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I guess it does. I mean, I guess you choose your path, right? I mean, you're still in the uh, school system, and yeah, it makes sense that that aspect. I mean, you're you're still doing the time. So, in theory, you uh, being a uh, I guess a disciplinarian is that what, yeah. what you would be in that scenario? But yeah, which, but, which makes no sense. If you know me, you know my personality. No discipline whatsoever. And you just sit in a room, and go, "Hey, shut up, Billy!" Like, uh, yeah, 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 Billy, keep it quiet. Or, well, tell me what you did again, so I can talk about it later on stage. But after that, be quiet. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, so yeah. So yet you're still getting the same uh, pay as the, yeah. the the teacher down the hall that's actually. <laughs> no, that, that is actually like ready to use cocaine. That has and, to go home and spend hours and hours of late yeah. night planning and and um, yeah. lessons and yeah, because that's what my wife does. Uh, yes. I've gotten a, I've gotten a free pass on Saturdays now to play golf in the morning just because she's, she's like I got to work anyways so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sucks, hey, for, su- sucks for her I mean what I got what am I gonna do <laughs> I can't help her I'm not I'm not smart <laughs> at all <laughs> uh, so now now did you start stand up before you uh, got no, into no. it so I, I actually started while I was teaching like. Uh, uh, you know, it was something that I always wanted to try. Um, I think I, I I dabbled my foot in it uh, when I was a college senior. My my roommate signed me up for a uh, uh, just like this comedy contest. He signed me him. He he signed a group of friends up to do this contest because the prize was like two hundred bucks, and I was one of the names. So we all we we kind of forgot about it. We went to this party. We started drinking, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, we got this." comedy contest so a group of us went up there we're all drunk we're all on this list and uh yeah that was the first time I just got on the stage and I kind of was drunk like you know I was drunk so I just said whatever but I ended up winning the whole thing okay and then, did you have to split it with everybody is that why you kind of did it in numbers like I mean, yeah, numbers? We out, yeah yeah we, you're like we, all right we, if we get all of us to sign up and take yeah. all the spots we can't when I won I, I didn't want to split it with anybody I was like man I'm, I'm, I got talent you know what I mean I got talent so I think that uh, once that happened, I kind of like forgot about it. Like I just, but it was always like in the back of my head. And then maybe I started kind of late. I started maybe uh, six years later. Okay. So and how old through. were you at this time? Like when you first I started? I was 28. Okay. I was 28 at the time. And um, once I, uh, uh, you know, I, I tried it, it was like, oh, okay. Because I was always nervous. I just thought I was funny because I was drunk. Like, I didn't associate it with the fact that I, I could possibly have talent. So whoever's listening, uh, the key, one key to having to do in stand-up is you need some kind of self-esteem. You know what I mean? I think my lack of self-esteem kept me from doing it for a long time because I was like, oh, you know, I was just lucky, you know what I mean, or whatever. You need some type of confidence in yourself. So uh, anyways, once I, uh, once I started, it was like I didn't stop after like I did a couple open mics, they didn't go well. Then I did a real show, that went well. Um, uh, well, now that when I say this, it wasn't a real, real show, but it was a open mic show that was uh, more like showcase, where not anybody could just go on, and there were actually people in there. Okay, like, I didn't know the difference that you just go to an open mic and there's all comics there, and you're doing your stuff, and you're like, why are they not laughing? 
why are they all looking at notebooks? You know what I mean? Like it just didn't register to me that there were other comics as well, and they yeah. don't laugh. You know what I'm saying? It's like a r- room full of comedy bookers too, just with their arms crossed, just going, "All yeah. right, make, make me laugh, buddy." <laughs> He's not funnier than me. You know what I mean? Or I'm just concentrating on what I got to do. But uh, you know, just started in the Boston scene, and 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 kind of like it was just like a little hobby. I was a coach. I was a basketball coach as well, so I didn't really have time for stand up. But then eventually, you know, I started getting better at it and I just started like dropping things that I was coaching. And, um, you know, I met Joe Coy maybe like two years later. And uh, like he he kind of he was like a big brother to me, like just really uh, took an interest and allowed me to open up for him during like summer vacations and like when I would have breaks and he would always encourage me to leave. To be honest with you, it was way too soon before he wanted me to leave. He was like, man, you should get away. You're going to be a teacher. You're going to be a comic. And I used to be like, bro, like, slow down. You know what I mean? Like, And what level of uh, Joe's career was he at at that point? Was he still in the clubs? Um, yeah, he, he uh, 100% was still in the clubs. Okay. He was, um, I want to say he had finished his half an hour. No, he did his Comedy Central special already, the half an hour one. But the his first Don't Make Me Angry special, he was about to shoot and it was about to come out. So it had to be around 2008, okay. 2008, 2009. So he didn't blow up yet. You know, he definitely was in the club. No entourage, no one selling his shirts. He would like literally get a standing O, run to the area where he was selling T-shirts and, and, and six, seven shows a week. And, and that was Joe Coy, man. So shout out to my big bro, Joe Coy. Yeah, isn't it funny how like uh, you know people you know see people like him and others that like or they explode and then they just go, oh, who is this guy? Like overnight sensation? Like no, no, man. <laughs> it's not Joe, how it works. Yeah, yeah. Joe's Joe's a good. I want to say he's a good twenty-five to thirty years into stand-up. He started young. I think I, I believe eighteen or nineteen, maybe, and he's been plugging away for yeah, good almost thirty years. Have you talked to him? Not to segue into off of, uh, talking about you, but have you talked to somebody like him, like through through all this? Who you know, his star was so huge, selling. I think I just saw that he did like like New Year's Eve in like um, Philippines because he's huge there, obviously, and and he sold out like all the shows there, like. Something like twenty thousand. Didn't he sell out like the Forum in L.A.? He sold it out twice, bro. Yeah, like, I mean that's Joe, bananas. Joe is low key probably one of the one of the biggest acts out right now. Like he he uh, <laughs> he had he got the key to the city in Honolulu because he sold more shows than any entertainer. Like he's really like for me, like you know, I you know I feel bad. I lost some shows, but like. This dude was like literally as soon as tickets would go on sale, 30 minutes, 45 minutes later, he was selling out theaters. So his star was like he was up there, man. Yeah. I mean, so have you talked to him through this? Like, I mean, because because I was just talking with another buddy of mine that who's in the um, in the business and he he did more like uh, he was on the production side, like sound and lights and such. And you, yeah. just, you think about how many people, not only the entertainers, but people like like him and others that are rooted in this business that they would follow around like the the tours of like bands or comedians and I mean, they're all just like screwed we're all like just struggling to make it work so 
and my my thought was like how many like of these band he works with a lot of bands so i was like man how many of these bands are going to be out of like not a not a band anymore in like a year or a year and a half it's- yeah no no it's 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 tough like i did he's he's checked in with me maybe about twice during this uh whole whole thing i mean uh man basically just asking me if i needed anything like yeah. yo you good do you need anything you know whatever you need you know, just, just reach out and thank God, you know, I was, I've been in a good place. And, um, you know, although it's been a huge financial setback, obviously, but, um, you know, I've, I've done well prior to that, you know, so, but, it, you know, just the thought of him saying that, you know, he didn't have to do that. He doesn't have to do that. It's not right. like I'm looking for him all the time anymore, you know, but the fact that he, he was looking out for me, uh, you know, it means a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome that he did that. Uh, and you know what? Even while we're on here talking about it, I encourage anybody that's watching or listening to just, it's just a reminder to uh, maybe check in to, with uh, a friend of yours or whatever that you know that's in the uh, entertainment business, whether it's an entertainer or, you know, down the line, like uh, in the, the production side or agent, or whatever, just check in. I mean, man, it's it's just always good to do that, especially during times like this. I mean, holy shit. I mean, I mean, this is why I'm talking. Like, this is my uh, my therapy. Like, <laughs> once a week, at least to just shoot the shit and talk to comedians and yeah. we're all, you know, kind of vent a little bit and, you know, spread the love a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sorry to bring it down, but, like, it, it, that that's you know, such a, you know, a thing because that's how – we're all in the same boat. I mean, in some way, shape or form. I mean, some, some people aren't affected by this. Some people, the only thing they're worried about is, Oh shit. We could, I couldn't get a, uh, you know, um, toilet paper this week or whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, un- there's a lot of people that's not affected by this. You know, it's the unfortunate thing of they can't go see a, a band or a comedy show, but, um, yeah, yeah I mean, they'll, they'll survive. <laughs> so- yeah. Yeah. I think, I think about like this, obviously, I mean, the, anyone in the entertainment business is destroyed, but this, there's so many other people that have been affected and they're doing <laughs> even the jobs that they hated. Like, yeah. even those people are losing their shit. Like, cause after a while, if you hate a job and you're like, oh, this break is fine. But then when you feel the financial impact of it. Yeah. And there's. Give me that know, shitty job back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me my shitty job back. And it's like the same, like if you're in, just imagine you're in like a certain industry and like that whole industry, like say you're a, you work at JetBlue. And yeah. you, you know you fucking lose your job or whatever. Carnival Cruise Line. Yeah, you can't you can't go to American Airlines and think they're gonna hire. Like if you hated JetBlue, there's my chance to go to American Airlines. You can't even do that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the industries are just being affected. And then the cruise ships the same way. Like I, dude, I people don't realize how big the cruise line industry is. Like in terms of entertainers on the cruise ships, and just the that shutdown is just like insane. Like, cause I was stuck on a cruise ship. Like when you, this whole thing happened. How how long were you on there? I was supposed to come home on March thirteenth, I believe. I didn't come home to the eighteenth. Like we were going back to Puerto Rico, which was the place where we got off at. And Puerto Rico was like me no speaking English. You know they 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 didn't they didn't let us they didn't let us like dock there. You know what I mean? They told us to to go back. You know what I mean? We're like what? <laughs> so we we got caught up. Actually, it was the fifteenth. So we got caught up on the 15th and then we end up having to uh, go to Florida. But it was so funny, like, because you told all these people, everybody's watching the news and we see what's going on. Everything is shutting down. But everybody else is like, oh, well, I got work on Monday. You know what I mean? And they were like, all right, well, we can't get off here. And it was like, 
more partying. Like they went insane on the cruise ship. They were like partying like it was 1999, like the world was about to end. But uh, I was terrified. You know, I just didn't yeah. want to be one of those cruise ships that got stuck out there for like two weeks. Yeah, they. Uh, I hear they're already um, offering free cruises uh, for. Um, I guess when they start going back to work out the uh, the kinks and such. Um, I don't know when that is, but they're. I think they're taking taking uh, taking names and numbers. Like, like I think that's know. a smart. I think that's a smart move. Because somebody, people in cruise ships, like some passengers, like which I didn't realize until I started doing cruises. People are looking for opportunities on the cruise ship to get a free cruise, to, to get paid. You know what I mean? Like, so to say, yeah, let's test this out and charge no money so they can't sue us. Let them sign some paperwork and just right. figure it out. So it's a smart move on the cruise ships. Yeah, I mean, I guess they got to, you know, preventative me- measures when they do go back and, and new protocols and such. But yeah, talk about, uh, you know, guinea pigs. Uh, I'd rather rather take me first in line for that vaccine than... <laughs> Then one hundredth in line uh, for the first free cruise ship. First cruise so, ship, yeah, man. Yeah, thing. What's uh like? So you did a lot of cruises uh, before all this uh, went down. Like, what's the percentage of uh, work you were doing in the cruise market? Uh, as far as your, I, I was doing a good amount of cruise ships. I probably did at least at least ten during the the year. So at least, okay. yeah, yeah. So at least oh. at least ten. All right. Yeah, that's a that's a good amount for it, you know, to have your uh your legs kicked out from underneath you. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. Definitely it was a it was a, a very lucrative uh market. But like between colleges and cruise, I mean, I did a ton of colleges in 2019. Yeah. And like so between the colleges and the cruise ships and then I just kind of, you know, the rest of the time I'm doing like the international stuff. I'm doing I think I had did uh I was supposed to do another festival this year, well, 2020, and I got kind of bagged. But the year before, I had did Edinburgh and I had did uh, Johannesburg in South Africa. So, you know, it, this this impacted me in many in many ways. This is the longest I've been in Worcester <laughs> for the last couple of years in Massachusetts. So, yeah, it's funny. I keep saying that too. Like, I I uh, haven't flown since uh, February, and I haven't gone this long in my adult life. I mean, I, I think it was the last time I went this long was in college. I mean, <laughs> and that was quite a few years ago. So, um, yeah, it's it's bananas. Uh, how um, I don't know. It's <laughs> so you mentioned uh, working overseas. Like, so that's that's a that's a rarity for most comedians. Most comedians don't get the pleasure of kind of going over to Europe and and uh, and such to, to work. Did you seek that out, or did just? Uh, something just happened in your comedy career that you just kind of pivoted and somebody opened up a, a door that uh, yeah, kind of pushed so you the, in that. The year that I left, uh, decided to leave teaching, which was almost six years ago. I, uh, I decided to apply to my first like international um, comedy festival. So I applied to the Montreux comedy festival, which was in Switzerland Okay. I got accepted. They chose two Americans. I was very lucky and blessed to be one of them. And, so three uh, submitted? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, two <laughs> kidding. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, yeah. So I got in and, um, you know, I just met these like amazing comics and uh, like got introduced to this scene where it was like, oh, wow, this there's like this other, whole other world 
of, of stand-up outside of the U.S. And um, that led me to uh, just meeting people as well as an interest in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is the largest art festival in the world. And many comics go there and perform. And, um, I, you know, I, that year I ended up doing uh, Edinburgh, doing like a half an hour show and just just exposed to all these these great international comics. And it's just been a part of my life ever since because I performed there and uh, Eddie Izzard's promoter came to one of these small shows I was doing and he ended up signing me. He had just started like his own like international agency. And then I, I ended up being the first American guy that uh, he chose and um, yeah, man, I've been with them ever since. And uh, awesome. yeah, I've done like Melbourne and I've done a ton of festivals, Estonia, Latvia, Norway, Finland. What's the best overseas? Uh, I mean, obviously over in the, you know, uh, North America, it's, it's Montreal Comedy Festival. It's pretty big. I mean, uh, what's the biggest uh, next to that as far as comparison? Oh, Edinburgh. Like, there's no question. Edinburgh. Edinburgh is like, I met more people in Edinburgh, even from the U.S., like in terms of like agencies and just other individuals, like late night, like the guy that booked Conan goes to Edinburgh every year. like JP, JP Buck. Yeah, JP Buck, man. Like, so, you know, a lot of people don't realize how much uh, talent and, and, and um, I guess entertainment is out there, like uh, agents and managers and blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, I've met a ton of people out there, man. Like, and um, do you so think I'll, some of those guys are just trying to go to have a uh, you know a little junket you know, to to go over to I, Scotland? Oh, I think so, but not really, because if you look at some of like the people that get booked on Conan, I mean, they're all there and everywhere. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of guys that that are not even from the U.S. Like, uh, there's a guy named Stuart Goldsmith that just was on Conan, maybe. Maybe six months ago, he's from the UK. Yeah, Daniel Slost is another one, Daniel I think. Slost is from Edinburgh. He's been on yeah. it six times. You know, Nick yeah. Cody from Australia. Like, these are all guys that I know and guys that I literally met in Edinburgh. And I've been there three times. And then I think uh, I had met Hannibal. I had worked with Hannibal uh, Burris maybe uh, a couple months prior to me going to uh, uh, Switzerland, Montreux. And he would uh, he would talk about uh Edinburgh all the time like he had a documentary that actually came out maybe a few years later but uh he was always he was like yo it's a great place to where else are you gonna go and get up 25 times to work out an hour right in a row you know what I mean like there's nowhere else if you're not some huge celebrity there's nowhere else you can do that at I also heard about that festival though that some a lot of the shows are very trying like you'd mentioned, like you, there's a numerous shows that you would do, but like that sometimes you're just performing to one or two people like at like yeah. two in the morning. Um, so that's true. It's like, that's a little bit exaggerated, but there's, okay. there's say there's a million people, like this is a month long festival. There's the, the population there. Like, I think it doubles, you know? So there's like a million to a million point five million people walking around Edinburgh and all they're doing, they're preparing for the, the festival. All they do is want to go watch shows. And there's shows that, you know, there's about 3,000 shows, I want to say, a day going on. Jesus. So <laughs> how do you choose? 
<laughs> like what to go see. Exactly. So people will literally sit there and they'll have like, oh, I want to see, they'll see five shows a day. They'll be there for a week and they'll just see all these shows. So yeah, you know, sometimes you'll have shows where depending on how big you are, how popular you are, how you market, uh, you know, I've had shows where I had 10 people in, 12 people in, but then I've had shows with 30 people in. And I, the way I look at it, too, is it's like it's like literally a comedy boot camp. You know what yeah. I mean? There's no there's no opener. You know what I mean? Like you're literally you go up there and do 50 minutes. So when you come back to the U.S., I, you know, obviously, I feel like I'm on home turf now. You know, like I, I'm doing comedy in front of another culture with a bunch of people from Europe around and I'm learning to to thrive in that situation. So coming back home and maybe doing a college where you're also expected to go out and do 50 minutes, it seems like it seems a lot easier because yeah. of the, you know, what you went through. It's like, you know, doing a workout with all these weights on you and then you come back home, you can take the weights off. Nice. Just now, material wise, did you have to mix things up, uh, you know, for the translation at all or did, was it pretty yeah, seamless? Of course, like, of course, you have to keep that in mind. I mean, like, you know, like, did you I, figure that out on the first night? Like, ah, like you'd probably gone over your head, like, hey, that bit doesn't work. Like, the no, no, like, the lead up to it. Like, so I didn't just go to Edinburgh. Like, here I am. Like, I actually went to, <laughs> I went to London first and I did some shows out in London to kind of like know what doesn't work and what works. Okay. But I think, but I, I think one of the, the, the the beautiful things about it is it's just like when you travel um, around the country, if you're used to just being like, if you're in Boston, you're like, Oh, this Red Sox joke murders. <laughs> and then if you just stay in new England, it will murder every time. But if you go to Phoenix, they're like, I don't give a fuck about the Red Sox. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they don't care. They don't get some of the references that you might, you know, you know, and then the green monster, they're like, is he really talking about a monster? Like they have no fucking idea. So, <laughs> Is he drunk right now? Monsters. Exactly. What is he talking about? Exactly. So I think that when you when you travel like that just nationally, you you realize, oh, when you start creating, you 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 keep that in mind that you're writing nationally. And I think because I've been overseas so much, you know, even when I write now, I consider that like globally, like, all right, can I do this in England? Can I do this in Switzerland? Interesting. If I do it in Norway, how do I how do I have to adapt? You know what yeah. I mean? So most comedians don't uh, don't think or write that way because you're one of the few comics I know that um, that that travel uh, overseas uh, quite a bit to to do that. So um, yeah. yeah, it's funny. Uh, a couple of things you mentioned in there, uh, uh, Hannibal Burris. Uh, the first time I saw him, he was at NACA Nationals in February, which was weird that he was just he just. I walked into my booth and he was looking at the wall and it's like Orlando. And I'm like, Holy <laughs> shit. Like, so I just had a flashback to that. Um, so he's like, Oh, you got to Orlando. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's great. And, uh, and it was funny. Cause he goes, Oh, Chuck is like, we met like, and he said, like I, he met me at like a, a comedy festival in Vegas, like years ago. And I don't, I mean, I meet a lot of comics when they first come no. up and I don't always remember them all. So he goes, man, you're like, I met you way back when I was like, well, was I nice to you? And he goes, you were absolutely nice. Like, All right, cool. <laughs> Just want to make sure. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and second, uh, you mentioned JP Buck now. So did JP see you over in Scotland? Yeah. So it was a weird situation. So uh, Whitney Cummings, I used to open for Whitney Cummings as well as Joe Coy. Okay. So Whitney Cummings used to always harass me about, yo, how come you're not on TV? I'm like, I don't know. 
And then uh, she's like, yo, give me a tape. Give me a video. So I sent her a video and she she said, I don't even know who I'm sending it to. She she was telling me something about, oh, I'll send it to the people over at NBC. I think I know someone. It. But she really was talking about JP in uh, at TBS, but okay. she was playing NBC for whatever reason. So anyway, she sent it to him. And then 24 hours later, she sends me a text back that he watched it and he said, who is this guy? We would love him on the show. So then me and JP start talking. And then maybe about six, seven months, we're kind of like figuring. So I knew I was going to do the show. I just didn't know when. So we were kind of figuring out uh, material-wise what would work, what wasn't. And then it just so happened I'm doing Edinburgh. Now I'm doing a completely different show uh, with some of those jokes in it. And um, he sees me do my whole hour in front of a packed house. And I'm I'm murdering the show. I don't even realize, I don't even know he's in there. And this is what I, I was saying in terms of like people that are into in entertainment go to this festival. And it's no joke. Like, and then um I'm coming downstairs and I just hear Orlando, Orlando, it's JP. He's like, bro, I just seen your show. I loved it. When you come back home, I got a date for you. And I came back in September. He shot me a date and uh, I accepted it and we went from there. That's awesome. That's funny how you had to go all the way to Scotland yeah, yeah. to, to well, seal that deal. It would have been, been a doper experience if he actually seen me there and just was like, yes. Yeah. But I, I did know him prior to that. I just never met him face to face. It was all like, yo, I'll send you an audio clip. And he was cool, man. JP is such a good dude. Like he listened to the clip, send me back like pointers, like, oh, you know, because they know what audience that they, you know, they know their audience and, uh, yeah. you know, they're trying to make you look good as best as possible. So yeah. they're, they're helping you with your material, you know? I've never met him personally. I mean, I wouldn't even know him if he walked in right now, but like, I've heard just that, like, he's like just a really cool dude. And, and, um, there's been some times I've, uh, tried to help a couple of people try to get a spot and, uh, yeah. and I've emailed him and he would respond and, and say, Hey, like, uh, he or she is not ready. I don't think, and uh, try back later. One of those things, you know. Uh, you know, as as a comedy booker myself, I mean, I, I absolutely respect like anybody's opinion like that and such too. So, but um, yeah. So seems like a really nice dude. So, uh, um, what's so what's next for you? Uh, you know, after what's your goal after COVID? Like after say the world comes back and we're we're right back in the end of the pocket again. Everybody's you know, out working again, what's, what's the goal? Like, what's your next new goal for, for yourself? Well, well my goal is to kind of like, uh, really take advantage of what I have. Like, I realized like, you know, I got, I got some teaching material that does well. And I have like this small teacher fan base, uh, that I, you know, that I have, like, whether it's from being on the road with Joe Coy or Whitney or just stuff, that I have on my own, like over these years. And, you know, so now it's just kind of like to focus on that a little bit more. And that, I think that's what I'm doing with this Orlando backs and friends, you know, that that's, uh, I, I think that has the potential to, uh, you know, I got some things in the works with that. So uh, it's going to be a lot of focus on that, but still go back to what I was doing before. But eventually the goal is to like grow that. Like I, I really would like to, uh, grow that part of my fan base even more and not just uh nationally but also internationally as well so 
Nice. Are, that's what the focus is. Nice, cool. Well, you gotta have goals, right? <laughs> yeah, gotta have goals. You can't have COVID when you have these damn goals, right? It, well, it's amazing how many comedians that don't have goals. I mean, they're like, ah, just keep slinging these jokes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, man. It you should write them out, or at least yeah. you know have the go-to list in your brain. Like, hey, this is what I want to do. Check this off the, the list, and you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, especially especially during these times now, because it's going to be twice as hard. Like once uh, the world opens back up, to, everybody's going to be kicking and clawing to, to get a uh, stage time wherever they can get it. You think it's hard now? You wait till everybody and their brothers like jumping back in into the the comedy pool. So yeah, because this is a, this is an opportunity too for any like part of comedy where like say like when the, you're in the cruise ships and you're like you know we want to get younger comics in here like because of this COVID they they can just literally go back and be like nah we're not taking we're not taking any of the older comics back or they can go the opposite order like so you gotta have like some type of plan in my opinion that doesn't or at least for me that doesn't involve what I already have you know what I mean like right don't assume that you're going to just pick up the right where you were, right. And pick up the pieces and move on. So yeah, yeah. back in. Yeah. So this independent thing is, is, is kind of like a part of, of, of what I want for myself. Like, I want yeah, to that makes sense. I didn't think about the whole concept of uh, a cruise ship can just go in and clean house and say, Hey, listen, like, cause I know they have their pecking orders of like yeah. uh, of their comedians and their favorites. And especially with carnival, I know they do a report card system. That, you know, that's five down. And then if you don't have a certain amount, like they kind of start cutting the bottom layer down. So, I mean, those guys that there's some of those guys that that's they were all in. That's all they did was cruise ships. I know I know a ton of amazing comics that are all in. And the thing is, from a financial standpoint, it makes sense because a lot of those guys are grandfathered in or you've been long enough. The money's really good on cruise ships, especially if you've been doing it for a while and you're one of those comics that's been in there for years, like guys that were making double the amount that I'm making. So like from a financial standpoint, they're like, let's just get, I can see them doing that because I I started seeing like, you know, when I would talk to older comics, they're like, they're starting to let a lot more younger comics in now. You know what I mean? So, you know, hopefully they don't do that and it goes back to normal, but uh, you know, but I'm just saying, you got to be prepared, you know? Expect the unexpected is what I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so what is the uh, over? Oh, all right. So going back to the, the virtual comedy shows, what is the, uh, we'll do two questions. What is the worst show you've done since March 15th? And then the best show you've done since March 15th? Okay. The- it can be virtual or live because I know you are doing some live shows. All right, listen, the live shows are such a luxury. Like, even when they're bad, they're better than a virtual show. Yeah. Does that make any sense? You know what I mean? Like, because you miss the lot, like, just the fact that you're you're live. You know what I mean? Like, this can't be that bad regardless. You're, I'm, I'm going in happy. <laughs> like, all right, so how many live shows have you done? I know you did one college for me recently that was live. Um, I did so- the live show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So out of the colleges I've or live shows I've done, I maybe done maybe about twelve since twelve, 12 in nine nine months. <laughs> yeah, twelve, which is crazy. Yeah, I was I was usually that'd be like a week and a half, like on exactly. a cruise ship or whatever. I was home ninety days in twenty nineteen total, which is insane. Yeah, 
And um, so to do those shows, I mean, I, you know, live shows, I love the live shows. Obviously, some are better than others. But to me, the virtual shows, they're a little bit more difficult because there's more distraction. My best worst shows, uh, best worst shows, my best <laughs> virtual shows have been uh, uh, probably some of the teaching ones just because the turnouts have been really well. And um, but I, I would say my worst ones, I had a heckler on a show which was my own fault because usually when I do the teaching, I can tell people are teachers because I make it one of the requirements is they have to use their school email address. So I kind of forgot that portion in the, the write-up thing. And uh, so people were like sneaking on. And then there was this lady with like no teeth and she was heckling the shit out of all the comics that were on the show. And I had to mute her and I didn't understand that you can you can unmute yourself when someone mutes you. So you're playing this game of mute, unmute, <laughs> mute, unmute. Like it was the weirdest shit ever. And then finally we had to remove her. And then she tried to come back, you know? And my cousin was like, I had her like monitoring the, the room. And my cousin didn't realize that she added her back in. And I was like, man, what the fuck is it? You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, there are uh, there are settings that you can mute everybody, and they can't unmute themselves. Um, it's probably yeah, just a, you probably just got to go up a, up a layer in the uh, in the price on your Zoom uh, platform, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. But uh. <laughs> so that, that that was terrible. But there's there's been some Zoom shows that that like the difficult ones are the ones where there's no audio, and you know everybody doesn't want to turn their 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 video on. Yeah, they're scared. So just imagine like, you know, as a comic, like how, how it's impacting timing. You don't know what's going on. You're just like talking to yourself. And it's like, it's a time you're at home and you're in pajamas. Like you, <laughs> you, you don't feel good about yourself after. You have no idea how it went. You go straight and take a shower. It's like, I don't feel clean. <laughs> yeah, let me take a hot shower and cry. But, um, but like I said, man, like uh, I'm just grateful to be doing something because i know there are people that are not doing much you know i know people that are like i'm not doing anything virtual and they're yeah. just holding out to the live shows you know yeah. well, and what are they doing they're they're working on houses or something probably <laughs> they're, they're done completely done with netflix have you seen this Netflix? i'm like dude i'm, I'm trying to do something they're done with that they've seen everything you know so, well it's it's not a does it didn't surprise me that just in the last week i've gotten two emails one from Hulu saying, hey, your Hulu Live uh, is now going up $10 a month uh, starting this month. And uh, Netflix um, for everyone is going up another $2 starting this month as well. So what? I was like, that or next month. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Like they're like, hey, we let's get more money. <laughs> because, yeah, they, like the greed is like ridiculous. Man. Oh yeah, because, but what are you gonna do? You're gonna pay it because you're, what, you're at home. So, yeah, so they know you're gonna pay it. I mean, the drop-off rates. I mean, can't be more than two to three percent. I'm sure. So, and, then, it's, and when it's cheaper than cable, it's, it's still ten times cheaper than cable. So it's absolutely like, yeah. So yeah, it's crazy, man. So uh, big uh, Thanksgiving plans for you? Or are you gathering? Or are you staying away from everyone? Yeah, kind of staying away. Just like the the you know, you know immediate. You're just the people in my house, uh, you know, immediate family, like brothers, brothers, nieces, nephews, the people that come over all the time anyway. It'll just be, I don't know, eight to nine people and then uh, call it a day, but not the big 30 
30 people like we normally have. So do you have uh, people in your family that are like freaked out? Like they'll be wearing the mask and like, well, like lifting up to eat and such or no? <laughs> well, if they don't lift up to eat, that's weirder than not lifting up to eat. <laughs> They're just trying to mash it through the mask. Um, but no, no, I don't think anybody's freaked out. My, like, like my, you know, I've had a parent that had it. I had a nephew that had it and they're all okay. Okay. But, uh, you know, so we've had that scare. Like, so it's not the scare of, you know, nobody's had it yet. I, you know, yeah. I hope I don't get it. Like we've seen it. Um, and I, I've had friends that had it, um, and they've all, thank God been okay. So, uh, you know, I'm just trying not to get it, you know, I'm trying to, Wait till that vaccine gets here so I can see how you're doing on episode 47. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't even know how long. Uh, I, I said I would do this in, until the end of the year, and I don't even know. I don't know, man. I I, I, I enjoy doing it. Uh, I I, I kind of don't want to do it anymore once this is like a vaccine is out. Just so we say, all right, I'm done. I get back to my shit and do, do my job. You know, um, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll, we'll see how long this carries out, but uh, – who knows, man? Uh, oh, I meant meant to ask you too. Uh, you um, f- during all this, I know right before you did, or right after a, a college or before, um, you were filming a Huck- Huckabee. Yeah. How, how did that go? That was uh, that was it went well. That was a very interesting show. You know, like, did they have a crowd in the, in the audience? They did have a crowd. Uh, you know, nobody had masks, but half of them had uh, mega hats on, which was interesting for <laughs> me. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is different. You know? <laughs> not my but, crowd. Not yeah, my typical yeah. crowd. Yeah, not my typical crowd. But, you know, listen, it doesn't matter what politics you follow. I mean, everybody laughs. So, and I think that they had that mentality. So I end up having a, a really good time. Mike Huckabee, you know, although we have opposing uh, political views, uh, really good guy. And, uh, you know, I had a good time. I yeah. did. Yeah, that show's been pretty uh pretty kind to comedians over the last uh, year or so, um, or two years or so. I think it's been on, but um, a lot of uh, clean comedians have been doing that. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's another another place to get up and perform, and another promote. credit, another paycheck. Yeah. yeah, especially during now, I was surprised when you told me that you were doing that. So yeah, I surprised myself when I was. <laughs> I told myself that I was doing. It. <laughs> how did the, how did you get that gig? Did they reach out to you, or did you pursue that yeah. one? No, no, they reached out to me. I mean, like, uh, I think uh, I, I get a lot of stuff from Dry Bar, you know, like, uh, you know, the Dry Bar has, is, is doing pretty well, like the the, the special. And um, yeah, so you just pick up work from that. People can realize you can do clean comedy. It's a, it's a commodity, you know what I mean? Like that, you know, good thing to have. And, uh, you know, I've been I've been lucky, you know, so. Amazing how many uh, people are, um, you know, that dry bar set is just uh, putting people on the map as far yeah. as uh, and getting getting people to watch. So and yeah, I mean, the, the credits and uh, when when was yours released? Was that- Mine was released in 2019. I think um, it's been like over a, a year, just over a year. So maybe all maybe all, actually it might have been August or September of 2019. Okay. I shot it in. Um, April, I believe, but it, it got released. It might, it might have been September. You know, it's almost been a, a little over a year. Now, did you do the uh, 40 minute or the 20 minute set? No, I did the 20, I think it was like 25 minute set. Yeah. Uh, so I was happy about that too. Like, it was like, yeah, I know they switched it up. Uh, I think they kind of ran out of comedians that could do 40 minutes. 
yeah. 40 minutes of clean. I mean, so I added it up the other day. I think I'm at like 92 specials that I've booked for them. I mean, so they keep reaching out and say, hey, do you have any more comedians? And I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm like, there's so many comedians, but like that th- I want to put my name on it to trust that that uh that it's going to do a clean clean 2025 you know it's hard um you know i i started picking from my local talent pool here in charlotte i uh because they're taping right now they uh they taped they've been taping the last like like month or so uh jesse campbell did it again on uh on saturday friday or saturday so uh, yeah so she did uh she originally did the 40 minutes and then uh i I snuck her in to do another uh 20 minute one uh same with arvin mitchell so i was like so i'm kind of (laughs) like Kind of going back to the to the well. Yeah. Like, hey, Arvin, you want another new set yeah. <laughs> on tape? <laughs> so, That's yeah. So, yeah, whatever works, man. So, uh, all right, man. I guess we can leave it off on on that, man. That's a good note to to leave it on, man. It was so good to to see you, and I'm so glad you're doing so well and uh, you know navigating through here. And you you're not on here crying. We haven't had anybody crying yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you do if somebody cries? Do you just control all delete? Do you get out? Do you exit immediately? I don't know. I don't... <laughs> when that happens, I don't know what, what I'm going to do. Maybe it's going to be me. <laughs> Maybe the first person that starts crying is me. And then just just everybody's just like, oh, okay. Like, I think it'd be hilarious if you just continue as if he's not crying or she's not crying. You just, oh, yeah. So how's everything going? Like, yeah, just, tell me about your worst hell gig. Come on. Like, you're already crying. Just jump right in and tell that one as well. <laughs> oh, man, dude. So, uh, again, man, it's just so good to see you, and I'm glad you're doing well. Um, any uh, Anything you want to plug on your end? Yeah, just uh, go to my website, OrlandoBaxter.com. And if you're a teacher out there, go check out what city I'll be doing the shows at virtually for a teacher and school staff, Orlando Baxter and Friends. And, uh, yeah, check me out on Instagram, School Tales on IG, uh, Tuesdays at 7. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Awesome, man. Well, uh, if anybody's out there watching and or listening later on the uh, on the uh, podcast, if you need a comedian for anything, feel free to go to summitcomedy.com. Uh, you can book Orlando directly through the site there. And um, Orlando, peace out, man. Have a great Thanksgiving. Everybody else, have a great Thanksgiving. Be safe. Um, don't eat too much. All right. Later. Bye.